the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. My guest this hour is Stephen Bassett, and he is arguably the leading advocate in the notion for ending the 61-year-old government-imposed truth embargo regarding an extraterrestrial presence engaging the human race. He is a political activist, lobbyist, commentator, and columnist. He is the founder of the Paradigm Research Group, the executive director of the Extraterrestrial Phenomenon Political Action Committee, and the creator of the Paradigm Clock and the executive producer of the X Conference. His work has been covered internationally since 1996. Stephen has assisted numerous organizations and initiatives working to, number one, raise public awareness, number two, convene open congressional hearings to take government witness testimony, and number three, end the truth embargo. He has appeared on hundreds of radio and television shows and in numerous documentaries speaking to millions of people about the implications and likelihood of disclosure, the formal acknowledgement of the extraterrestrial presence by world governments. And Stephen Bassett, welcome back to the Exxon. How are you, Steve? Ron, it's always good to be with you. Nice talking to you, Steve. So how much closer are we to disclosure than the last time you and I talked a couple of years ago? Boy, has it been that long? Um, we we're right right at the at the finish line. We've been we've been sort of parked in orbit mm-hmm. around this issue now for a couple of years. We've been very close, uh, and I felt that it could it could happen at any time. That's the mode I've been in since I think God, about 2006, 
when I advanced the paradigm clock to 15 seconds to midnight, midnight being disclosure, um, which is to say that we got we got pressure on the on the embargo coming from multiple directions, from other countries, from the media here, believe it or not, are starting to get on this, mm-hmm. from witness testimony emerging, uh, so that something, any number of things, could just suddenly trigger a, a rapid series of events that would lead to disclosure, either if, either by the United States government or perhaps by another country. So are we closer than we were before? No, but a lot more has happened. Uh, certainly more more fuel to the fire since then. Uh, so I would have to say we are closer, but basically we're just one significant event or series of events away from finally triggering this. Do you think with the change in the executive offices uh, that are be happening, um, let's see, in January or February when the mm-hmm. switch is actually taken over, that this may help you? Definitely. Um, I, it's my belief, it's a speculation, I can't prove it, but it's my belief that disclosure was planned initially in the early, would it take place early in the second term of George H.W. Bush. Uh, he was, if he had won that election, he would have taken office in January of 1993. Uh, when the Cold War ended, that's really, was the principal barrier to disclosure happening. The government's finally saying, yeah, look, we, we can talk about these ETs now. Uh, before that, he was a real problem for them. I mean, nuclear weapons were mm-hmm. on the ready. There could have been a war. We've nearly had it a couple of times. I think you know about that. So when that barrier came down, but it took a little time to get their act together. I mean, plus they had a war developed in Kuwait. Um, but I think it was planned for the second term. But he lost that term. Clinton won. Uh, and Clinton was not particularly in the favor of the military and the intelligence community here. He was not, how would you say, a... Oh, the kind of president they were looking for to sort of be in power. Nevertheless, uh, Lawrence Rockefeller approached him right away in March of 93 with the idea of him being the disclosure president. We call that the Rockefeller Initiative. That and everything else we talk about tonight, it can be read about at my website, paradigmresearchgroup.org. Uh, Clinton was under enormous uh, pressure and uh, attack from the very get-go. He never was in a position to make a move there, so it didn't happen. And then we had uh, the next change of, of uh, significant, obviously, administration change was when Bush take, took over in 2001. Yeah. It, it, when, it, when a new administration comes in, it is an optimal time because the new administration essentially is new. And they can say, okay, we've made a decision to go with this. Our predecessors didn't. You see, it's a new new, uh, new game. It's a new Steve, you and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. Please stand sure. by. Stephen Bassett's our very special guest, www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. We'll be back on the other side of this two-minute break as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network. Don't go away. I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. 
In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Stephen Bassett's my special guest this hour, Exo Nation. His website is www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. Uh, Stephen, why do you think that 61 years later the government is still suppressing this information that ETs are here? You know, to make a long story short, uh, initially, they had to maintain secrecy. They didn't know what they were dealing with. This is in the 40s. They didn't mm-hmm. know what, whether it was a threat. They had to assess it. I don't, uh, I, I don't object to that. I mean, I, I, I think that's the appropriate thing. What are we dealing with? Uh, as they try to ascertain that, the years go by. Uh, whatever progress they made, in due course, they were in the middle of a Cold War. Nuclear weapons were being built. Missiles were being built. So real problem. So that, that made it imperative in their mind to continue the secrecy. It turned out that war went on for some time, as you know, uh, all the way to 91. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, until the Cold War was over, by the, the embargo, again, was in place, well in place, and until the Cold War was over, the risk in their mind was simply too high to, to break it. All right, fine. Once the Cold War is over, now we're in a position to maybe now get, get, get uh, this out. But the embargo at that point had been in place for 44 years, and so for a good while it was running on its own momentum. Nevertheless, uh, the pressure on the embargo is still there. Uh, the work had, you know, the researchers had proven the ET presence many times over by then. The public awareness was, was, was growing. Uh, the media was getting more sophisticated, broader. Uh, so they knew that the, there was, they, they were as only a matter of time. So how do you do it? Well, it, it, I think, that, again, the first opportunity was probably that second Bush administration. He was the right president. He had all the right credentials to work with the military and the, and the intelligence community as, as the public dealt with this issue, in case there's any problems, any destabilization. Clinton was not the right person, uh, and then Bush takes over. Now, the, the point I was trying to make before the break was this. A new administration is always an optimal time uh, for this because 
the new administration has a, a significant PR advantage. They can come in and they can say, look, they can blame any failures to tell the, pe- the people this, get this out sooner, on their predecessors. And they can say, look, we're, we're, we just got here, right? We're the new guys in town, and so we're telling you, right? So it's all upside, no downside. The longer they stay in office, that truth embargo becomes theirs. So at the turn of the administration is optimal. Now, when Bush came in, the current Bush, um, it, it doesn't appear that they had plans to do this, but we're not sure because this administration has has been the most secretive in in, in living memory, even more so than the Clinton, than the Nixon administration. They they just don't tell you what's going on. They play everything so close, so we really don't know much about what may or may not happen. But obvious and plus. Ten months after he took office, as you know, we had 911, and then everything changed. Mm -hmm. All right, now that's eight years has gone by, and we're now about to have another administration. Uh, The Democrats obviously aren't, if they come into power, are are, uh, clearly posing the prospect that they're going to make dramatic changes in government. McCain is now talking that way as well. So there's no question the next administration, whichever party, is, quote, going to be about change. It's going to be about reforming government and everything else. This, again, poses an opportunity, creates an opportunity for them to then make this move. Now, let me also say that I have seen a number of indications over the last few years that the Democrats are thinking this way, that they are thinking to do this. Uh, I believe it's something that's been discussed and planned in the background and their, you know, their intellectual uh, advisors, and the ones you don't hear about, the ones that aren't in the news, that are sitting there trying to plan, what are you guys going to do when you get in power? Um, and um, I think that there's indications that they have decided to do this. It is a good time. It's optimal. They can point to the Bush administration as being incredibly secretive. Uh, and again, they can say, look, uh, we just got here. We're going to we're going to end this truth embargo for you. So I think the the best window of opportunity uh, since the 40s has opened and will remain open uh, into, you know, into the next administration. And I'm pointing towards April of next year, spring of next year, as right now a very, very likely uh, uh, opportunity for the truth embargo to end. And a lot of stuff is going to happen between now and then. Uh, there's going to be a lot of activism. You're going to see an intensification of that. PRG is going to be very active. You're going to see new programs. There's some projects I'm going to be launching very soon. Uh, and other associates are, are I have plans. So we're all we're pointing now towards April next year. It's not going to happen in the last months of this administration. Virtually impossible. Um, it's not going to happen during the transition. But after the next administration takes over, I'm thinking that we very well could see it, and I'm planning for that. Steve, how did you get involved in the UFO scene? Again, a long story short. I, I, I'd always been interested as a kid. I've always followed it, but I never did anything with that. I did not pursue it, but I was aware of it. Um, not only that, I was huge in science fiction as a kid, as a lot of kids were. Then I went on to study science, and I'd gotten a degree in physics, and I was sort of on a path to get a Ph.D. in probably astrophysics and, and work for NASA, something like that. Uh, but all this is during the Vietnam War. There was a lot of turmoil back then, and I felt a lot of that turmoil, and so... Uh, you know the old saying about uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell her, her uh, tell her your plans. <laughs> uh, things just didn't go that way, and I just went off in other directions. And for the next 25 years, I did pretty much what everybody does: you you, you try to make a living and keep yeah. out of trouble. But uh, I'd had enough of that, and I, I decided in 1995 that I 
I really wanted to do, spend the rest of my life involved with something I thought it was meaningful that could make a difference. It could be important, and, and with money not being any component of that at all. And that's when my lifelong interest in the subject emerged. And when I looked at the issue again, when I looked at it more closely, I realized this thing is ready to pop. I mean, this this issue is matured and is going to get resolved pretty quickly. And, of course, when you about, think about that, you realize the implications of that. Resolved means the the government finally acknowledges what they knew in the 1940s, that the ET, there is an ET presence, they're engaging us, and uh, we go from there. That's a big deal, and I, I felt that I would get involved there. Initially, it was mostly just to get involved. I went to work for John Mack's group up in Cambridge. He was involved in abduction contact work, It was, and he was a Harvard professor, and I thought that was a wonderful place to start. It wasn't the right fit for me. Uh, very quickly, I realized, no, I, I, I want to go another direction, and, 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 I, and I realized that I, uh, my family had lived in Washington for, oh, since the 30s. I, I've been in and out of Washington many, many times. I, I've lived there. I knew I could go and set up, and I did, and launched the Paradigm Research Group in July of 96 to go after the political aspect of this. And when I got into the politics of it, and I learned very quickly that that is, in fact, that is, in fact, where everything is at. In other words, it's not a scientific issue. It is a political issue, and the resolution of it is political. It's not researchers somehow proving to the world or the government that it's true. It's already been proven. The government has a policy to deny it's true, and that policy has to change. Once I realized that, I realized, hey, you solve the political equation, you get disclosure, then the science, the technology that they've been working on and sequestering for years becomes available. You have a world-changing, world-view-changing uh, event that, in my mind, will be to the good. Now, some can make the case it will not be to the good. Uh, I appreciate and respect their views, but my view is it's, it will dramatically help us move on with civilization. And so I committed myself to ending that truth embargo, uh, and, and that means getting the government, our government or another major government, to acknowledge the ET presence and say, yeah, now what else they may tell us is uh, uncertain. They, they may say, yeah, there's air here, but we can't tell you anymore. That will be up to the people. How much do they want to know and how much, are they, how much pressure they're going to put on the government to, to tell them what they want to know. So there will be kind of a give and take. But all that will occur in the post-disclosure world. First, we've got to have disclosure. Steve, are more and more members of the military coming forward? There, you know, an odd witness or two will turn up every so every you know five or six months. Mm -hmm. It's not you know it's not droves by any means, but the number of military and civilian agency witnesses, meaning like you know a CIA or or uh, NASA, is still scores. I mean, we're talking. Somewhere between 100 and 200, I think, roughly, wow. with about 30 to 4 in being key. But, you know, you don't need a lot. I mean, take Edgar Mitchell, astronaut Edgar Mitchell. He has been speaking this issue for 10 years. And, but, you know, it's a lot of people out there. So the vast majority of people had not heard, heard his, his views, namely that uh, he, he is confident the ET presence is real. He's been, had that confirmed to him by insiders, mm -hmm. secondhand to him. So when he went on Kerrang Radio a couple months back, uh, and they interviewed him one-on-one, -on -one, and then also put out a press release, it's kind of a hot show over in London, it got picked up by the, a lot of people hearing it for the first time, and the international press went nuts. And uh, I started logging the articles, and I think we had nearly 50 articles, and he did about eight interviews, a couple on Fox, CNN, ABC, The Works. And it was a big deal, it had about a 10-day about a cycle, news cycle. Uh, but in, a, in another 100 interviews, he had to turn down. 
because he just didn't have the means to to accommodate them, though they're being revisited for future interviews. That is a significant media event, and the only reason it didn't go further is that it bumped up against the truth embargo. In other words, uh, the major newspapers, the New York Times and the three networks, who long ago cut deals with the government that they would not challenge this issue, they would stand down from it, did not pick up on that story. So it stopped there. It's still out there, and millions and millions of people around the world now know Edgar's uh, views. But uh, but that's an example of the kinds of things that are happening, and we're getting more of that all the time. one 877 is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. Stephen Bassett's our very special guest this hour. And uh, Stephen and I will be back on the other side of the news break that is coming up uh, very shortly. If you would like to find out more about Stephen, the great work he does www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. That's www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues. Where? Right here, live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on Talkstar. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. My name is Michael Telstar, Canada's leading mentalist from Toronto, Ontario. Hi, my name is Splenza, and you're listening to my dad, Ron McConnell, on the XM. This is Psychic Dorothy from St. Catharines, and you're listening to Rob McConnell. Hello, my name is Holly Reeves, an astrologer from astro for You, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. You've painted up your lips and rolled and curled your tinted hair. Are you contemplating going out somewhere? The shadow on the wall tells me the sun is going down. Oh, Don't 
take your love time It wasn't me that started that old crazy Asian war But I was proud to go and do my patriotic chore Yes, it's true that I'm not the man I used to be Steve Bassett's our special guest, www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. And Steve, what changes have you seen over the last 10 years when it comes to uh, ufology in general? Well, the biggest change has been the rise of exopolitics, mm-hmm. without question. Um, as I've said in a number of presentations, the uh, ufology refers, to, in my mind, to the research aspect of it, and that uh, began in the late 40s, right off the bat, and uh, and is, it continues today. But uh, the principal work was done between the, not 1950, 1975, and the groups are well known now. You had APRO and uh, you had ICAP, MUFON, KUFO, yeah. all of these groups. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of researchers, enormous amount of work, uh, and they proved uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. Through and, and the books have been published, the reports, articles, photographs, a ma- massive amount of evidence, including the government's uh, uh, embargo activities. It's been pretty well documented. Uh, so they proved their case. And that era really ended in 91, uh, though the research continues and these groups are around. But as I pointed out before, citizen science was not going to resolve the issue because the government had made a decision to embargo this fact, to, to, to issue as standard government policy a non-denial denial, which most people go, know goes roughly like this. Uh, if you ask the United States government any element, you will get a standard response back, usually from the Air Force, uh, that the government does not investigate this phenomenon, and whatever this phenomenon is, it is, does not pose a threat to the United States. They do not say that it doesn't exist. It's a non-denial denial. That's been their policy. Um, and they have no intention. They had no intention of changing it until they were ready to change it, and that was a political decision. And so the era of ufology, the research, in my opinion, UFO era, ends in '91. What starts in '91 is the era of exopolitics, though it didn't get called that until 2000. The term was initially brought into play by a gentleman by the name of Alfred Weber, who is a resident of Canada now, lives out in British Columbia. And it's probably been on your show. Yes. Uh, exopolitics came to be the term to describe, uh, it would be the umbrella term for all things political, social, uh, that, uh, that are implicated by this issue. Not only the research, not the research, the, uh, the, uh, the process leading up to disclosure, the government's activities, the government's policies, uh, the effect on uh, our country and, and the worldview of others. And then, of course, disclosure itself, moving on to post-disclosure world and maybe someday contact with these entities and formal political involvement with them. That's all under exopolitics. So that term comes to describe what really begins in 1991 with the end of the Cold War and the emergence of witnesses. That's when the witnesses really started coming forward because they felt they could, that it was safe now. The Cold War's over. Those nukes aren't going to get launched. And so I, I want to talk about what I know, know and saw. And as those witnesses emerged, the pressure on the government 
uh, and our ability to advance disclosure really escalated. And so what's changed in the last 10 years is that, particularly since 2000, uh, as, is that the political pressure, the amount of advocacy going on, the amount of media involvement, the, uh, the activities of other countries leading to disclosure has intensified. And so, you know, it, 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 it doesn't matter whether we photograph any more UFOs. It doesn't matter what new evidence shows up. Uh, what matters is putting enough pressure, pressure on the government that it will change this policy, meaning it will no longer embargo this issue and, in fact, will acknowledge the ET presence and hopefully then provide us with information about the extraterrestrials within national security restraints and specifically, and this is a very important point, we want, and I think we have to get, access to the, the research results and the, of the reverse engineered technology that they've had. They've been reverse engineering ET tech since they've got crash vehicles back in the 40s and 50s. We pretty much, this is almost a certainty. We know they have a crash from Roswell, a vehicle from Roswell. And uh, there's a lot of evidence that they've been doing an enormous amount of work on these craft and have made some progress. We want that technology. It is not available to the, to the civilian world. And as you know, we have huge crises uh, we're facing mm-hmm. in, uh, in uh, oil, in energy, in environmental impact, uh, not to mention crises in food and water shortages if the population increases. All of these things could be impacted by that tech. We need to get to that tech. And so... Uh, the only way we're going to get to it, in my opinion, is through disclosure. So that's that's the issue. So so what's changed is we, this is really now a political process, and and more people are getting on board this process every day. How do we know that we they are doing reverse technology? Uh, we've had witnesses that have come forward and said so. Um, we've had people that have seen craft at bases. There have been. There have been film photographs of, of these craft operating over Area 51 that were taken and, and have been seen and are available if you can find the right place. Um, we have evidence of the crashes, right? Um, Ryan Wood has written a book called Majestic 12, and that book is uh, probably the best compilation of what evidence we do have for various crash events, and I, I think there's 75 in there. Not all the events are, are significantly evidenced, but a number of them are. And so just let's just take that. Let's take Occam's razor here. If there have been crashes, and there's strong evidence for that, is there anybody that thinks they would have gotten that technology in their hands and then just stuck it in the storeroom and left it? Is there anyone that thinks that they wouldn't have done moved heaven and earth and spent whatever money, unlimited budget, to 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 look at that tech and learn everything they possibly could from it, up to and including fully re-engineering it. Uh, I don't think anyone would even think of saying that. Absolutely, that's what they would do. So we know they had the vehicle, so we know they've tried. Now, is there evidence that they've succeeded? Again, there are people that have seen craft operating. There are people that have photographed of these bases. So there's very strong indication that they have, and they, that they the money they've spent over the last... 60 years, 60 years now to work on that technology. And you've seen what we have done in those 60 years. You've seen the tech that's emerged, let's say, has no connection to ETs, geosynchronous satellites, uh, advanced space vehicles. Uh, we're doing work in NM matter. We're doing work on experimental theoretical work on warp drives. We come up with theories of the universe, including string theory, uh, GUI theories that are possibly going to ignite all the laws of physics. We've made enormous strides. Yes, but how? So, but how come? How come? 
members, uh, high-ranking members of the scientific community are not even buckling or even pointing towards an ET connection. They're saying we accomplished this on our own. Actually, it's not that, it's not that simple. Uh, if you could walk, if you could, you know, if you had a magic uh, carpet and you could just fly around and, and, and sneak into the library, home libraries of all the scientists in the country, you would discover an enormous number of them have big UFO libraries. I've been into some of the homes of some scientists working for the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, guess what? They're very interested in UFOs, and a number of them fully convinced there's an ET presence. But the truth embargo has been very effective. And the entire, sci- the entire scientific community, by and large, mainstream, including all of academia, all the colleges and universities in the country, have essentially submitted to it. They have not bucked it. Uh, the government did what it had to do to make the risk-reward ratio for addressing this issue very much against uh, uh, getting involved for scientists, for teachers, for colleges, for philanthropists and foundations, and they work very hard to do that. And the scientists, by and large, don't see the upside. In other words, if I get involved, mm-hmm. I, I, I could lose uh, my grants, I could uh, lose uh, prestige, I could my career, my money, family, all of these things I'm risking, and there's no certainty that my involvement will go anywhere, particularly since the government opposes it. You know, that not a single university in the country teaches as a, as a, 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 a formal part of their curriculum this issue out of 5,000. That's how successful the truth embargo. But that's why the, why the truth embargo is so dangerous, and why really it, it's not something you want to pursue any longer. In fact, no matter what happens in the future, we should never make this mistake again. I don't care what happens; the government should never, ever sequester reality from its citizens at this level ever again. It's a mistake. So, how do we change it? You 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 apply pressure in every way you can to. Um, to your government and get them to change that policy. And that's happening. Believe me, they're under enormous pressure. Other countries, for instance, are aware of the ET presence, and they are breaking ranks with the United States. They're no longer willing to go along with us, and they're sending us signals by releasing huge numbers of documents, by doing reports and publishing them, uh, like the Cometa Report from France, by cooperating with UFO researchers, like in Brazil and Mexico. These countries, every country in the world that has an Air Force knows about the ET presence because they've sent up chase planes and they've filmed them with the gun cameras. Uh, they don't let that out, right? You can't get gun camera footage from these chase events. There have been thousands of them because that would really open the embargo. So how do we know this footage really exists? What now? How do we know the footage it really does exist if we can't get it? Uh, because uh, we know they've been sending up chase planes on these crafts since the 40s, thousands and thousands of times, uh, not only our country but the other country. Mm-hmm. We know these planes have footage. We know that there have been events where the pilots have seen, recorded, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, radioed back. I see it. So we know that they've been in proximity, and we know they had those cameras. And when you go up on these interceptions, you always film it. So it's it's inconceivable. There's almost zero probability that they did not have this gun camera footage. And you cannot get it. You cannot FOIA it, and they never release it, which is a very telling thing. You see, if they went up and chased these things and they were to film it and show, oh, it's innocuous, they'd show the film and say, hey, see, there's nothing to it. They never release that footage. So, yes, every major first world nation and even second world nations like Brazil and Mexico have gun camera footage. Why don't they release it? Because they are all still, though weakening, going along with the government, U.S. government-imposed truth embargo uh, because we are the superpower. 
We were the major power after World War II. We exerted enormous influence, and they have cooperated. This is cooperation that's going on primarily, not so much between presidents and prime ministers and what have you. This is cooperation going on between the intelligence and military of these countries, military to military, intelligence community to intelligence community. There's like a whole other network out there that most people don't know about, a network of communications and cooperations between the military intel complexes of every nation. Uh, we see the above-ground stuff. We see the presidents going and meeting and shaking hands. We don't realize that all of these communities have arrangements. The Echelon program is one of the clearest examples of that, where a number of first-world countries have very complex agreements regarding the use of the uh, PWA, you know, geosynchronous telecommunic uh, uh, surveillance system called Echelon, and that may not even be the best one anymore. It's that system that's able to pick up telephone calls all over the world. It's that system that picks up the chatter that we hear about in the Middle East. They can they can they can monitor they can take message they can they can go in and fish messages out that you send over your text phone. They can your baby monitors. This is unbelievably sophisticated stuff. It's never talked about, rarely. Every once in a while you see an article. The candidates don't talk about it. Again, this is all part of the secret empire that's out there that threatens, in my opinion, ultimately our, our democracy and our republic and commonwealths and everything else that we have to get to, but we can't. And I believe that disclosure also opens a door for us to possibly get to that network, get to these systems, and reform them, make them, diminish them in size, make them more transparent, uh, and make them less threatening to the nation. Right now, I think they are a tremendous threat to the nation. But what, but what, about, the, what about national security? You know, like, if, if you look at the big picture, all right, so there's a UFO there's a UFO out there flying around, and, and why would you want to bring down the, the intelligence community just to, and, and put the entire nation at risk just for a UFO? It makes no sense to me. Well, first of all, I don't want to bring down the intelligence community. It's gotten too vast, too complicated, too it's so huge, it's not really that effective. Uh, it needs to be dramatically reformed. So not bring it down, but reform it. And secondly, it's not about just some UFO out there. We are being engaged by possibly somewhere between four or more advanced non-human civilizations. That's a big deal. And our being told that's not happening when it is is fundamentally almost a violation of natural law. It's a, it's, it's a misrepresentation of reality to the people by a government that is supposed to be serving them. Uh, all right, right? but, it, but in, in all fairness, Steve, mm -hmm. who is the population of the United States supposed to believe? A few people who are pushing the conspiracy cover-up button, saying that the government is lying, that there mm -hmm. are UFOs out there, or should the people believe the government? Well, the government has lied so often and been caught so many times in the last 60 years that it's virtually institutionalized mendacity. For this reason, the current polls show that if you, uh, when people are polled, do you think the government's telling the truth about UFOs? Right now, around 85 to 90 percent say no, they're not telling the truth. That's an unbelievable number. That, is, that, that also says that you people are doing a great job. Uh, I'd love to take credit for it, but the government gets most of the credit. Um, the The overall approval ratings of government are extraordinary, historic lows. The presidency is around 30%. Steve, uh, uh, Steve, I've got to take my final break here. Yeah. Please stand by. Sure. Stephen Bassett's our special guest, www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. We'll be back on the other side of this break right here on Talkstar. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. 
Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. as my special guest this hour and Stephen it's always great having you here on the show um, you know I remember years ago when you first started and you're still there plugging away and I you know I just I just think that you're doing a super job and that you're performing a very special and um, a special uh, you're doing something very special in Washington getting all the people to uh, to work together and and raising the awareness to the issue. So congratulations on a job well done. Well, thank you. And I couldn't do it without uh, the opportunity to interact with people through shows like yourself. I, I, I do a lot of them. I've done many hundreds of them. I've got a major project that's going to launch on October one, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, your audience will be one of the very first uh, yeah. to learn about this project. Uh, it's a big deal. It may have enormous impact on re- resolving this issue. Well, we hope we it does. Be, we'll be talking about that then. But that last question that you asked was probably one of the most, if not the most, uh, uh, questions or issues embedded in all this. And uh, I want to complete the answer, and that sure. is this, that the all governments lie and all politicians lie. We know that. Oh, big time. But it varies, you know. But it's it, it's not it, it varies as to how much they lie and about what they lie, and uh, the, the amount of lying that, that is going on and the, the level the the, the the level of implication of the air, the issues that they're misrepresenting, mm-hmm. it goes a long way to determine the viability of that state and also the strength of the social contract. And what's happened, unfortunately, in the United States, it's since about the mid '60s, the U.S. embarked on a a, a, a uh, a course of action which has resulted in an escalating, spiraling uh, uh, 
mendacity, where the government has lied more and more about more and more important things, and the politicians have gone along with it, and they're misrepresenting themselves and their their views increasingly because of the nature of elections down here and everything else. And as a result, the social contract is down here in the U.S. has been strained to the breaking point. I know it's not nearly like that up in Canada. Not that everybody's happy with the government, but I can assure mm. you it's much more, the social contract in Canada is much stronger uh, and so the situation right now is virtually unprecedented. It's become a joke, but it's not a joke. The president has about a 30% approval rating. The Congress has an 11% approval rating, and the media has about a 12% approval rating. These are unbelievably low numbers. Yeah. And they come from the fact that people are so fed up with being lied to and screwed with and propagandized that they just don't believe anything the government says. And this is a very bad place to be, and it is my view that the success of the truth embargo going all the way back to the 40s, late 40s, early 50s, is, is a key factor in the government uh, taking that course. They said, man, we're getting away with this. We can do this with other things. Steve, uh, I've got a, I've, we've just run out of time. You and I will be talking uh, very shortly. You're coming back on the show in a couple of weeks. Yep. And we're all going to try and make a big difference with you, Steve. Stephen Bassett, our very special guest. Take care of yourself, Stephen, and uh, keep the great work up www.paradigmresearchgroup.org Well, that's it for us here in the X-Zone tonight. To my producer at Master Control, the one and only Miss Stephanie. Thanks, Steph, for keeping us up on those four big birds in the sky, Galaxy 4R, Telstar 7, Aglia 2, and G3. To my wife and senior producer, the lovely Laura Rogers. Thank you, sweetheart, for all your hard work. And I'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock as once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. So until tomorrow night, Exxon Nation, take care of each other and always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night now. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.